I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Romans 5, verse 1 through 3. Hallelujah. Once again, glad to have all of our guests with us tonight. We really do appreciate them. Why don't you give our guests a hand tonight? And thank you for being a part of our services. Hallelujah. Really good to have you. Those that are watching us online, welcome. Welcome to sunny St. Pete, Florida. I thought you had a hurricane. Nope. We don't do hurricanes. Amen. Praise God. Romans 5, verse 1 through 3. Y'all have that? All right. Okay, let's read it together. Ready? Read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Tonight I want to talk on the subject tribulation period, tribulation period. Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I ask you, Father, that, Lord, you speak from heaven above that which we need to hear and receive. Lord, we jerk ourselves up right now. We position ourselves to hear. We stir ourselves up with God. Lord, we're not, we're not here to waste our time and your time. We want to hear what you have to say to us tonight, oh God. We know that in your word is the inherent power to produce in our lives, to change us from the inside out. So I'm asking you, Father, that your people would have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts tonight for the word of God. And I pray that the seed of the word penetrates the soul of our hearts, gets in there and gets sown in our hearts to produce in us what you sent it to produce, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. All right, take your seats tonight. Tribulation period, amen. All right, now those of us who've studied our Bibles, uh, read our Bibles or studied our Bibles, more so studied our Bibles, know and recognize that we're living in the last days. How many of y'all understand that? We are in the last days. In fact, we're in what, what we could really call the last of the last days. When my father was a pastor here in this city, pastor for many years, he was saying back in his days that we're in the last days. And I can guarantee you that men before him, uh, decades before him, were saying we're in the last days. In fact, Paul talks to Timothy and talks about, he said, that know this, in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves and so forth. He gave all these different uh, character traits or these traits about uh, that could help us identify that we're living in the last days. And if you watch the news, uh, just peruse it, just kind of, you know, see what's going on around you. If you are spiritually sensitive in the least, least bit, one iota of spiritual sensitivity, you know we're in the last days. I said if you have one iota of spiritual sensitivity... We're living in the last days. Now, I say that because, do you, I, I, as, as I say it, uh, I recognize when I look around the church that many people in the church are not spiritually sensitive because they are not understanding that we're in the last days. You can tell about how they live. That how, how they live, they're still so wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the world, in the world's system, in the world's customs, in the world's ways, in the world's ideology, in the world's uh, activities, in the world's behavior, in the world's uh, mindset. They have, they, it, it must be, it must be that they have no clue that we're in the last days. 
You can't live uh, like the world and know we're in the last days. Because you, if you knew we're in the last days, you'd know Jesus Christ could come at any time, and you're not going to live and take a chance of not being ready when he comes. We used to sing a song growing up, be ready when he comes. Be ready when he comes. Be ready when he comes. He's coming again so soon. We say, don't let him catch you with your works undone. So he's coming again. I said, he's coming again. And so we are in the last days. In fact, I tell you, we're in the last of the last days. In 1 Thessalonians 4, you know the turn there, Paul talks about the, the catching away or the rapture of the church. Man, we need that class. He talks about the cat. How many of y'all ever heard of the catching away of the rapture of the church? That's 16 hands. Y'all rest of y'all never heard of the catching away of the church? Wow. How many people we got signed up for class, Barbara? About, about four or five, okay. All right, you, you, need, you need to know this because, see, we're, God, <laughs> um, praise God. The church is here on assignment. But we have to go back to headquarters. Every ambassador who's sent to a foreign nation, when his assignment is over, he returns back to his home country. And so you and I are sent here, 2 Corinthians 5, as, as ambassadors for Christ. Am I right about it? So the church one day is going to be caught away like Enoch was caught away, like Elijah was caught away. We're going to be lifted up out of here. It's called the rapture. Well, the rap people, people in the world will tell you and people in some church will tell you, well, rapture is not in the Bible. You're right. Do you know the word Bible isn't in the, in the Bible either? But you have one, don't you? The Bible never says the word Bible. It uses things like scriptures, commandments, laws, precepts. So when we see about the rapture of the church, it's over in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says that we're going to be caught up together. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice angel, shout of the trumpet, a voice, voice of the archangel, so forth. And we're going to be caught up, caught away. Right? And that time is coming here. Amen? Now, there's a theological debate that exists as to when that happens. Whether it is pre, here's another word that y'all may not have heard of. If you don't know about the rapture, you definitely don't know about tribulation. <laughs> How many ever heard of the tribulation period? Okay, good. But y'all didn't hear about the rapture? <laughs> they just putting their hands up. So, okay. So, <clears throat> praise God. So there's an argument, a debate afoot that we are, whether we are pre-tribulation rapture or whether there is, it's mid-tribulation rapture or post-tribulation tribulation rapture. Now, I was taught my whole life that we are pre-tribulation. In other words, that before tribulation begins, we are out of here. And that's been the theological standpoint I've 
stood on my whole life in ministry. Um, I'm just not so sure about that. I'm, not, I'm just not so sure about that. I'm, and I, I don't intend to kick, over that, kick that over tonight. Um, but as I was studying this message, I wasn't studying about this part, but as I read through all the scriptures, I began to say, wait a minute. I can't find evidence that we're pre-tribulation. I've been taught it. We've, you know, that's, so I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. But I just couldn't find evidence through all the studying I've done about that. And uh, in fact, all the evidence that I found pointed to post. Every scripture I read pointed to post. And I, that, it, it just, it, it kind of messed me up because that is going against everything I've ever Learn everything I've ever known, everything I've ever been taught, everything I've ever stood on. Anybody else is that? So if, if I were to say post-tribulation, you say, uh-uh, pastor preaching wrong. I'm leaving this church. Don't leave the church. I'm not telling you what it is. I'm, what I'm saying is we have to investigate. Now, I'm not here to preach on that tonight. <laughs> but what we, no matter what, camp you're in, whether you're pre, mid, or post, everybody agrees we're going to be up out of here and that there is going to be something called the tribulation period. Everybody agrees on that. I don't care what camp you're in. You, everybody agrees there's going to be a, a how many of y'all know how long that period is? Seven years. That's three of y'all. Okay. Seven years. It's a seven year period in scripture. Right? You can see that. Book of Daniel, you can see it. Jesus ministers about it. You see it written over there in the book of Revelation. It's a seven-year period of what is tribulation. And one portion of that is called the great tribulation. Right? This tribulation period is seven years, and it's broken up into two parts. First half, second half. Now, seven years divided by two gives you three and a half years or 42 months or 1,260 days. You'll see it in that, see it written like that in different areas. Daniel might write about 1,260 days. Jesus might talk about 42 months. Revelation talks about 42 months. You might read another translation, the, the space of three and a half years. But no matter whether you go three and a half years, 42 months, or 1,260 days, is all three and a half years. And you put two of them together, it's seven years. Right? Okay. So what happens is there's a talk. <laughs> Let me see. I want to make sure I, I, don't, I don't miss anything here. Okay. The tribulation period is, is a seven-year time span in which the Antichrist governs the nations. Offering peace to the world. How many of y'all ever heard of the Antichrist? Okay. A lot of y'all heard of the Antichrist, but nobody heard of the rapture. Wow. <laughs> okay. We got kind of backwards here, but we, we got it. We're going to get it, though. Rapture, the word rapture simply means caught, caught up or caught away. Right? Nita Baker, caught up in the rapture of love. That's what y'all was thinking about. I know. I just, I just, I said what y'all were thinking. Okay. So caught up in the rapture, 
caught away, caught up in love. Right? And so that's what it means. So again, there's a seven-year period, okay? How many of y'all have ever heard, heard of this, this phrase or this word, eschatology? Okay, eschatology is a, is a department, if you allow, of theology. Theology is the study of God or things of God. Eschatology is a study of the end times. So eschatology, everything I'm talking about so far, which this isn't my message. This is just, I'm setting you up. <laughs> it's everything I'm teaching so far as you find in the area of eschatology. I'm studying the end times, the last days, the rapture, the antichrist, the tribulation, the great tribulation, Armageddon, the great white throne judgment, the, the seven uh, uh, bowls, the seven vials, the seven trumpets, the seven spirits, the four horses. and Right, y'all have said all this stuff here? The abomination of desolation. Now y'all got to see that you, you got to know this stuff. See, you know, you know the Bible says that that day should not come upon you unawares. What that, what, what's that day? The day of the Lord, his return. Should, we should not be taken off guard by that. But see, if you don't know what to look for, if you don't, if, if you don't know what the Bible says about it, then you'll be like, oh, that's Jesus, oh, Lord. Oh, let me get ready real quick. No, no, you don't have no time. Too late. See, you got to be ready when he comes. And he's coming like a thief in the night, the Bible says, right? But not to us. Well, I don't mean to teach on this, but, but y'all are looking like deer in the headlights, so I got I to gotta say it. So not to us. <laughs> well, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. I can tell you exactly what hour is coming. You know what hour is coming? An hour you least expect. That was a joke. It's an hour you least expect. Y'all didn't even laugh. But that's what the Bible says. He's coming in an hour that you least expect. What's happening? The church has been lulled into this sleep. And the church has been lulled to this place of just kind of caught up with the world and the world's music, the world's shows, the world's fashions, the world's this, and caught up in all what the world's doing. And the church is not expecting him to come. And he says he's going to come in an hour when you least expect. You ain't looking for him. You're caught up in the Super Bowl. Caught up in the Olympics. Now, not, not, there's no sin in the Super Bowl Olympics. You understand? I'm not talking about that stuff. What I'm saying is, I'm talking about using those as representation of being caught up in the world and everything going on in it and not paying attention to the paper, to the current events. You got it? Okay, let me get back on, on point here. I'm trying. Tribulation period. Seven-year period in which the Antichrist, everybody say the, say the Antichrist. Now, y'all know who Christ is. So the Antichrist must be against Christ. He's Christ's uh, arch nemesis. He's, he's the, he's the, uh, in, a, in a parallel universe, y'all ever heard the phrase parallel universe? Some of y'all uh, cartoon people, in a parallel universe. In a parallel universe, he would be um, the opposite of Jesus. In other words, we have God the Father, God the Son, Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. In the parallel universe, Satan's system, you have Satan himself, then you have the beast, or the Antichrist rather, and then you have the beast. They have the, 
the devil always is going to duplicate or Im try to duplicate, imitate what God does. They're real. So when you're watching movies and TV shows and hear about the devil and they like, oh, trying to make the devil look like he's just this cool guy in a three-piece suit. Devil. No, the devil is real and he's out to kill your behind. And he's got a whole system set up that is out to destroy people on this planet and he don't like you whether you're saved or unsaved. He don't like anybody. You got it? So there is an anti, the antichrist. The Antichrist. But there's something that John said. Go, go over and uh, put up, um, man, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, let, let's, let's look at this here. I was hoping to finish this tonight. I'm not. Okay, Matthew 24. Let me show you something. Everybody say, Jesus is talking. Okay, Matthew 24. Because... I, I, think, I think as the body of Christ, we need to wake up real quick. Like, in fact, we need to get stirred up about this. Because if we're expecting him to come, that means we got a lot of work to do before he comes. Right? If, if, you, if somebody told you, all right, I'm coming to your house on um, uh, October 22nd, you're not going to start vacuuming, cleaning, straightening up. I mean, I mean more than your normal. Because hopefully you still vacuum and straighten up normally. So I better say that. But you're, I'm talking about your unusual, your extra, real, real deep, clean, tidy up till about, about August 19th or October 19th when you know, they're, you know they're coming. But what if somebody says, I'm coming and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you when I'm coming? You start immediately going deep. Getting everything clean, straightening everything out, and keeping it that way, maintaining. Hey, no, 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 don't walk on that. Don't walk on that. Don't use that bathroom. No, we're going to use the bathroom. We're going to just. Am I right about it? So he's coming back. So we must work while it's day. Got it? Okay. So look at uh, Matthew 24, please. Verse 3. Verse 3. Now as he, that's a capital H, he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the 12, the, sorry, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? He talked about destroying the whole temple and everything like his, right? He said, when will these things be? And watch his next question. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So then he starts in verse 4 through the rest of that chapter, 25, all the way through 25, answering this question. Okay? Now, I don't have time to read all the rest of this chapter or all of chapter 25, but I hope you do it in your own time. In fact, if you do, I think you'll start kind of thinking like I was thinking like, wait a minute, pre? Don't make any sense compared to what Jesus said. Look at Matthew, all right, y'all still there? Y'all yes, don't, don't shot me down now. Look at verse, uh, verse, oh, Jesus. Can I just read it? Yes, he answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For men will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. There's, there's people out there in the world right now. I saw a video of the guy right now walking around like he's Jesus, and he laying hands on little kids and blessing people. I mean, he's, this whole thing they're doing, okay? And you'll see verse 6, wars, rumors of wars. Check. 
<laughs> See that you're not troubled of all these things what's come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay? Verse 7, nation will rise against nation. Check. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. COVID-19. That's pestilences. These ones that spread against around the whole world at one time. We're in the midst of this verse right here. Manifesting. Y'all better wake up here. Because he's telling them signs. And famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. Check. All these are what? Now watch verse 9. Watch verse 9. Because he said it is not yet. This is the beginning. He says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Now, when I saw that, I said, whoa, 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 wait. He didn't say, he didn't say I'm coming. He didn't say between verse 8 and 9, I'm coming to get you. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Then they will deliver you. Now, and I said, okay, I got, I got deep. He must mean other saints. But he said, no, you. He talking to, to some people, his disciples. He said, they will deliver you. My disciples, the church that I'm setting up. Now, I thought, now, don't, don't, y'all just. And they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will, now let me ask this question. Are we seeing this already happening? Verse 9, yes. Okay, so even if I'm wrong, we are still, still seeing this happening, manifesting. Martyrs have been dying for the sake of Jesus Christ for centuries. You got it? I, I, listen, I'm willing, uh, maybe that's bad to say. I'm about to say I'm willing to be wrong. I, I should say this, I hope I'm wrong. That's really what I mean. That's really, I hope I'm wrong. Because I don't want to be down here. <laughs> Anybody else hope I'm wrong? <laughs> I don't want to be down here when all that mess breaks out. So let's hope, let's hope we're wrong. Let's hope I'm wrong. But let's look at it. And kill you and we will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Now that's happening. That means that means within within your circle, within your circle, church, people will be offended, betray each other, and hate each other. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Verse twelve. Yep. Check. And because lawlessness will abound, are we seeing that lawlessness? The love of many will grow cold. Verse thirteen. But he who endures to the end, well, the end of what? That tribulation. And verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Now, I've been, I've been, when I went back and read that, Deke, I said, man, I kept saying must be preached. No, it says will be preached. It can't be stopped now. It's going to happen. And all the world's witness to all the nations. And then, remember that question was, what's the signs of the end? And then what will happen? The end will come. Now, can I keep going? Well, I have to, because verse 15 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, remember the book of Daniel? Over in, in, in Daniel, uh, I don't have time to turn there, Daniel 9, 
27, Daniel 11, verse 31, Daniel 12, 11, Daniel mentions, he prophesies about the abomination of desolation. Well, what is that, Pastor? And, and okay, put up, put up 9, Daniel 9, uh, 27 real quick. Y'all got time for me to teach this? Anybody willing to learn and grow? Daniel 9, 27. Then he shall come and confirm a covenant with many for one week. One week represents uh, one year. Seven, seven days is years, okay? And when he says one week, he's prophetically talking about seven years. Now this he, I don't time to go back and read before that, he's talking about the Antichrist. He says, but in the middle of the week, after the first three and a half years, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So when the Antichrist sets himself up, he's first going to bring peace to the world, quote unquote peace, I can solve COVID, I can solve poverty, I can solve all the hunger, I can solve the racial issues, I can bring all the world's problems to an end and we can all kumbaya and we're going to all be one, we are the world, we are the people, this is what the Antichrist is going to bring up. And everybody's going to say, yes, oh, he's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. By, by the way, he's, he'll be a gay man. We know that. Because the Bible says he has no regard for women. Bible, so we know he's going to be a gay man. That's why homosexual agenda is just skyrocketing all over the place. It's all leading up to having this Antichrist who everyone accepts even the church. Hallelujah. He shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. What's happening here? So the Antichrist allows, the, rather, God's people, the Jews, build the temple. They rebuild the temple on the Temple Mount. There's so much fighting going on right now about the Temple Mount. The Palestinians and the Jews are fighting right now over the Gaza Strip. All the Arabs and the Jews are fighting over the Temple Mount right now to this day. Why? Because that's the place where the Jews know they're going to build, they want to build a temple, but it's also the place where the Muslims want to build their temple. So what happens is the Antichrist goes in into God's temple. How many of y'all remember a couple years ago, Apostle Derber came here, and he handed me this coin. Oh, I forgot it tonight. I normally always had it in my pocket. I forgot it. He brought, gave me this coin that had uh, Trump on one side and uh, Cyrus on the other side. That coin is all about how, the, how the, the Jews over in Israel, how they have now secured what they need to build the temple. I'll come over here. They have what they need now to build the temple. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And one of the biggest holdups to building that temple was a man named Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, was the prime minister of Israel. He's not as traditionalist as he needed to be. He tried to make peace with everybody. Well, he was just deposed. He was just removed from office. There's a new prime minister of Israel. I, don't, I didn't even write his name. I wouldn't think about this until just now. Here's a new prime minister. And this new prime minister, everybody's like cheering. Yeah, because we got Netanyahu out of here. What they don't realize is the new one is more fundamental, more conservative, more traditional, more zealous about God's law for God's people than Netanyahu was. 
So now they have a man in place. See? Now once that's built, what the Antichrist does, we're seeing in 927 of Daniel, the Antichrist, three and a half years into his whole peace accord he's made with the whole world. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody's saying kubaya. But three and a half years in, he comes and says, that's it. Stop it. No more sacrificing. No more offering to that God. Now I'm going to make myself God. And everybody says, yes, well, he's so great. Look what he's done for the world. And everybody accepts him. And now you have what Jesus called here in Matthew 24, the abomination of desolation. Are y'all with me on this here tonight? Is anybody seeing, learning anything so far? Okay, verse 15, Matthew 24, verse 15. Go back over there, please. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet, spoken of, rather, by, the, by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Y'all see that? Whoever reads, let him understand. That's what I was trying to do is show you how to go understand what he's saying. Whoever reads this, don't ignore this. Don't gloss over it. Get understanding of what's going on. Everything we're seeing happening in this world right now is tending towards what Jesus Christ said. Wake up, church. Come on now. Wake up, church. Our Lord and Savior is coming back. We've got work to do. We're going to be beautiful and spotless and without wrinkle and be ready to do great business and great work for him. He's getting off all the dross and all the junk out of the church. That's why we've seen so much of a separation in this last year, even in the church. That God has been making it easy to identify who the, uh, what, what, what the Bible calls evil men and imposters. That's what Paul said. Paul said in the last days, evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So what God is saying is there have been imposters in the body of Christ for years and years and years who people have flocked over, flocked after, run after, heaping up teachers having itching ears. Only to find out they were big phonies all the whole time. So you got to understand, church. Y'all see this? Okay, let me go somewhere else here. Thank you, Jesus. Go down to, um, so he said, make sure you understand in verse 15, right? Let me just keep reading it. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That's the Jews there, right? Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. And this is not talking about, well, because the rapture about to happen. No, it's saying because they're about to really put it on your tail. In other words, go run and hide somewhere. This is the words of Jesus. This, this, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm preaching on tribulation period because what I'm trying to get you to understand is this little bit of minor tribulation we go through right here that people have quit church, have quit on God, quit on marriage, quit on life because they're going through a rough time. You don't realize, wait a minute. What in the world are you going to do when you have to go through this? I remember Barbara said that one day. We were in prayer one, one Wednesday morning, and Bar Barbara said, well, we, we clear, we, we're clearly seeing now who's going to take the mark of the beast. 
people who they ain't coming out of their house. I'm not going back to church. There's people saying that right now. I'm not going back to church. Oh, you're going to take the mark. You're going, you're, you're taking a shot right away. You're going to take the mark. Now, I ain't picking on anybody for taking a shot, but I'm saying people who got, there are people taking a shot, wearing a mask, wearing gloves, still ain't going back to church. They're going everywhere else but church. You're going to take the mark because you love your life. See, the ones who overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimonies, the Bible says they did not love their lives to the death. And because people love their lives too much, they're so caught up in this world so much. It's, it's, it's getting easier and easier and easier to discern and know who you're going to take the mark. Are y'all seeing this here? So he says, verse 19, but what are those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days? Whoa. He said, because, boy, you're going to have to run. It's hard to run when you're pregnant. Hard to run when you got to stop and nurse a baby and, and the, the Gestapo chasing you. And pray that your flight not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation. Now he's talking about tribulation early in verse 9. Now he's on the second half. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. So that means all the tribulation you're going through on Tuesdays. He said, if you, if you faint off of that, what you going to do when real, unparalleled, unheard of, unforeseen tribulation hits this planet? He says, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Which means that even as great as that tribulation is, it's going to only be for a period. Well, we know how long, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days. Period. God's got it down to the day. That ought to be encouragement to somebody right now. Whatever you're going through right now, it's got a day that it's got to end. It's, it's for a limited time only. It's for a limited time only. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 22. Verse 22. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh will be saved. But for the whose sake? Those days will be shortened. Well, if we all gone, why you got to shorten those days for the elect's sake? That's, that's my question. I'm, I'm just asking questions. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not drawing a conclusion. I'm just asking questions. And I'm going to invite you to ask those same questions with me. Let's all investigate. People say, well, no, the elect, he means the children of Israel. No, we already know there's 144,000 of them that's preserved, period. This ain't about them. Because he keeps using the, using the, the pronoun you. Talk, he's talking to his disciples. It says you. Oh, Jesus. 
You want me to keep going? Good, because I want to keep going. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ or there, do not believe it, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. So there are people who have, will have power to operate in, if possible, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Wow. I mean, Paul keeps calling us, the church, the elect. Hallelujah. He says, see, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, or do not go out, or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, he's, he's saying, so far he hasn't come yet. He's saying, so will it be. So far, all this stuff we're reading, he hasn't come yet. Yes. See, that, that's, that's my resolve, Miss Hattie. I'm going to be ready. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. So I'm, my plan is just be ready whenever he comes. Matter of fact, we used to say it like this back in old days. He may come just for you. Right? And we, I mean, his coming still, because we still have a lot of work to do. His, still, his coming may still be 150 years off. 200 years off. I don't know. I doubt it because all the, all the, Signs point to no more than about 17. I mean, if you were to count from the time Jesus left here, around 30 or 33 A.D., 2,000 years after that, because he said the two days I'll revive you, the third day I'll, I'll raise you up. So the third day has to come around 2030 or 2033. That's, that's nine years from now or 12 years from now. Now, I'm not, again, we don't know the date or hour, but we, we can know the time. Now, don't, please don't get anybody, pastors trying to predict when Jesus is coming. I'm not. I do not know. <laughs> My point is, no matter what or no matter when, we have to be ready and we have work to do. Because your cousins, my aunties, neighbors and friends and mailman. Hallelujah. What I leave off? Oh, 27. As the lightning comes from the east and light flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So when he comes, it's, it's going to be, he's not coming, going to hang out. Because see, they're talking about, look, he's in the desert, look, in, in, in the rooms. He's not coming to do no teaching. See, when he came the first time, he used to do all, sat down and teaching, you know, out there in the desert, in the wilderness, and place. He, te- he was doing teaching. But this time when he coming, he ain't doing no teaching. <laughs> You ever seen lightning, how fast lightning comes? That means there'll be no time to get ready. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Come on, ask him, are you rapture ready? Because he's coming again so soon. I'm not talking about, are you a member of the church? I'm not talking about, do you sing in the choir? I'm not talking about, are you a tither? I'm talking about, is you, are you ready? Come on, 
Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior? Or, or I want to even reverse it, your Savior and your Lord. See, your Lord. Okay? Verse 28, for where the, wherever the carcass is, there the, the eagles will be gathered together. Okay? Y'all see this? Can I keep going? Because you're going to see something right here. I think that'll, that'll really, really shake our, our teaching up. Immediately, immediately, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Then, immediately after, and I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. No. Well, so-and-so said it, so-and-so said But I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at what Jesus himself said. After the tribulation of those days. Verse 30, then the sound of the Son of Man will appear in the heaven, in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. We've been talking about the sound of the trumpet all this time, all these years. Trumpet shall sound. Dead in Christ gonna rise first. He's, he's, here's Jesus now talking about the trumpet himself. But this is after the tribulation, he says. We've been looking for the trumpet before the tribulation. Now, I hope it is. I, ho I hope, I hope there's, a, there's two trumpets. I hope it's two trumpets. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But I, I haven't seen the second trumpet in here. Because remember Jesus was so, he was so plain in John 14. He said, um, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also, and so forth. He said, he said, he said this, this phrase. I'm not sure if I'm giving it an order, but he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I would have. Not I wouldn't have. He said, I would have told you. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to make it plain what is. I'm going to make it plain what isn't. Their question to him in Matthew 24, verse 3 when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? He's answering this question. He says in verse 31, and he will send his angels with a great, with a great sound of a trumpet. No, no, I'm going to get in trouble with a lot of my preacher friends. I understand, I understand, because this is, this is troubling me already, I'm telling you. Oh, you shouldn't preach it yet. No, I'm just, I'm not preaching. I'm just reading. <laughs> and they will gather together his elect. The elect is still here? 
from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. One side of the world to the other side of the world. Now, Now, let's go back and read, look at one verse. Let's go back and look at one verse. Verse 13. No, go read verse 9 first. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to what? Tribulation. And kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Okay, look down at verse 21. Verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation. Uh-huh. Okay, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, it just looks to me like I'm seeing tribulation, 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 tribulation. Great tribulation. Serious tribulation. More tribulation. So when he says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. He's got to be saying he who endures this tribulation. Now this, mm, it's shaking, shaking me up right here. Because I had no plans whatsoever of going through the tribulation. Anybody else, y'all plan on it? Yeah, I'm going to be down here. I'm going through that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be strong. Oh. Because, I see, I saw the movies. I saw Burning Hell. I saw Distant Thunder. I saw Prodigal Planet. I saw uh, Market, uh, Image of the Beast. And we, they used to make us watch those apocalyptic eschatological movies. Sunday nights at church. They, we ain't never watch it in the daytime. We always watch these scary movies about the end times at nighttime. And I'm going to tell you exactly what we used to do. Me and my friends, where, where is Gershom? We used to, we used to bring, we washcloths to the church. And you know people got saved. Every time they showed them kind of movies, people. Burning hell, distant thunder, prodigal planet, image of the beast. Movies about the end times, and they just had this song, You'll Be Left Behind. You remember that? <laughs> Something like, You better get right before it's time. You'll be left behind. That was, and the way, like the chorus was just like these weary, eerie chorus, like, Ooh, wow. You'll be left. And they, like, they showed a family, this husband and wife and their two sons, and the mama and one of the sons were caught away, and the other husband, the husband and the other son, who they, they never went to church, never did anything for God, they were left behind, boy. And boy, ooh, I want to be left behind, boy. And as a, as a kid, boy, you got saved every time they saw you saw one of the movies. See, I didn't know anything back then about well, you can get saved and you can stay saved by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I just kept getting saved. Lord, save me again. Save me again. And the funny thing is none of those times I ever actually got saved. It wasn't until I was 17 that I actually 
really, it took, I got, you know, Lord, I'm serving you forever, not because I'm scared, but because I love you, I hear you calling me. Nonetheless, my life, my whole life, I've never had any plans of being around here. Being left down here like the sun going down. No, I ain't being left, uh-uh, I'm not being left down here. I'm going home on the morning train. Right, that's always my plan. Now, again, if you like me, I hope so far we're not understanding this right. But what if, what if Jesus is right? What if, what if he said what he meant and meant what he said? What if he made everything so plain, so clear, that you need a doctrine in theology to mess it up? Now, my, my point being with all this, and we're, I'm, I'm past time already. My point being with all this is that there's tribulation there. Whether, whether you're, hopefully, hopefully we're not around for that, okay. But let's, 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 for sake of argument, pretend that we're here during that tribulation time. Jesus, the, the Bible says, if, if you've, uh, if you couldn't, he, no, he said, if the footmen have wearied you, how are you going to keep up with the horses? Look it up for me. There's a scripture somewhere. Footmen, F-O-O-T-M-E-N, wearied, W-E-A-R-I-E-D. Just put that, I know y'all can look this kind of stuff up, up for me. There's, there's a scripture somewhere. Yeah, okay, Jeremiah 12, 5, thank you. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how are you doing the floodplain of Jordan, of the Jordan? Let me give you my translation. If that little light affliction, which is but for a moment, made you walk away from God, or, or you know, quit the church, or whatever, what would it be if you were in this? And they're saying, we're going to cut your head off if you don't get this mark in your forehead or on your right hand. Well, I don't do that. I tell you what, we ain't going to let you buy any food in our stores. We're going to see how you do with you and your little babies who they hungry. Only way you can buy from our stores is if you get this mark. And what they don't tell you, because they don't know, is that whoever gets that mark, they seal their eternal fate. Did you hear what I said? Y'all bet, better hear me. Y'all better hear me. See, because y'all, y'all young people hear what I'm saying, because, see, they try to introduce this stuff to y'all in a sneaky, snive little, little way to y'all kids, teenagers. These little, these little things that they want to introduce to you, you know, all your little data and all your little you know, iPhone stuff and all your little technology 
The technology is really designed to get you so accustomed to. We're going we're gonna to go from you carrying cash to carrying plastic, from carrying plastic to putting it on your phone. They're going to say, well, to get more secure, let's just put it in you. And for the sake of security, we'll put this, put your information on you. We'll tattoo it. We'll start to just tattoo it. Or we'll give you a piercing with your little information. Just embed a little chip, something. This, this is, listen, I remember in the 80s, I was reading articles back in the 80s where they had already started this in other, other parts of the world. Animals has been, been there way back then. See, they're already doing this. There's some, there's some corporations here in America that, have, that are already doing what I'm talking about. That they are making their employees or really testing out with a certain beta group, letting them test out, having all this information about themselves implanted inside their hands or wherever somewhere on their bodies. So when they come to work, they don't need any keys. They just put their hand on the little thing. It comes in. It acts as all their paperwork, everything through the company. They're doing this already in America. So what do you do when they say you can't eat without this? Oh, you better learn how to fast. I don't know nothing about it. I don't like fasting. Well, what you going to do when you've not trained yourself, disciplined your body to go without? When you face the choice between accepting their mark, which will seal your eternal fate in hell or saying nope Christ I live Christ I die and if people are already saying I'm not going back to church I don't care when the church open I'm not going back to church adamant about I'm not going back to church there are churches, major churches across this country, major, major, major churches, mega churches. They, they do surveys. This is what they do. They do surveys. We're going to survey all of our thousand people to find out how many of you all are planning to come back to church. And most of them are ranging 40% or below willing to come back to church. 40% or below. They better wake up. They better wake up. Children, people, children who grew up in church now, they don't have time for church any day, Sunday or Wednesday, any time, don't have any time for church. There's no time for church. I, they can find everything else better to do on Sunday. What are they going to do when they say, either you take the mark or we take your head? Don't take the mark. You better pray for your sons and your daughters. You better pray for your brothers and your sisters. Yes. Uncles and aunts and cousins yes. and family members and neighbors and people who have been so turned away from God. Because that's the, that's the choice people have to make. Whew. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. Um... Let me, let me skip all the way to the bottom. Let me see if I, if I land on the right scripture here. 
Look at Revelation 7, verse 9. And I'll pick this up on Sunday. Is that all right? How many ever heard people say, one day in heaven, God's going to wipe all of our tears away? Is that true? Yes, it is. But let's get there. Look at verse 9, Revelation 7, verse 9. After these things, now, let me, let me go back. I don't have time to read this, but if you were to read verses 1 through 8, he's describing the 144,000 Jews that are saved. These are 144,000, 12,000 men from every tribe of Israel. Now, what's interesting about that is that most Jews today, like us, don't know their tribal, their tribal heritage. Many, many of them don't. Especially American Jews and people, they, they, they've lost that connection. They don't, they don't know. But God knows. So he, 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 he has 12,000 preserved from each tribe, each tribe of, of Israel, okay? Now look at verse 9. Out of these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. So we, we beyond 144,000. Now we're in the millions and billions of people. Which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Stand before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with what? White robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Verse 11. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshiped God. Verse 12, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever Amen. Verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? Now he's the ain't this this elder rather is asking John this. John, the one who sees his vision. John said, verse 14, and I said to him, Sir, you know. He did. This is just a rhetorical question. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. That number no one could number. He said they come out of the great tribulation. Look at this. And wash their robes. And made them white. Glory to God. Ah, goodness. My Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. That's what God promised he'd do for us, right? Watch verse 16. They should neither, neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. Now, why would he bring up hunger and thirsty? Because during the tribulation, they couldn't get it. These are the ones who said, we're not taking your mark. If you got to kill me, kill me. When, we, when, when this whole COVID thing first hit, Robert, Pauline, 
My wife and kids will tell you, I, I sat down with my wife and children. I looked them eyeball to eyeball in all seriousness. Our family, we joke around a lot. We, we laugh a lot. And we, I mean, we, we just have fun. We crack all the time. We crack on each other. A lot of y'all couldn't survive in our house because we, we, we crack relentlessly. So y'all, some of y'all just too sensitive. But I looked them eyeball to eyeball. And I said, I need to know. Because see, I don't know how far this COVID thing was going. I said, I need to know. And I need you to know about me. That if this thing requires me to be in prison or to die, are you going to be okay? And I need to know about you. That if somehow this led to you being in prison or had to lose your life, are you willing? And I wasn't playing no games. See, to me, this COVID wasn't a joke. It wasn't just like, well, this is, no. No, 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 wait a minute. I saw a precursor to the times we're, it's a rehearsal of the times we're talking about. And I had to make sure they knew that their father, your husband, if it required my life, I don't love my life to the death. I love him more than I love me. Now, I don't know about you, but that's something you need to make sure you decide tonight. That you love him more than you love you. That you don't love your own lives to the death. Because this, these are the kind of things martyrs all over this world already deal with. Little children over in nations where Islam, well, they put them on their knees and asked them to deny their Lord. And these little children will say no. And yet people in America, I'm not going back to church. It's, <laughs> no, I'm not going back to church. You're you going to take the mark. Verse 16, Let's, let me finish. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And watch this. Here it is. And God will wipe away every tear. What tears? Tears they've cried during tribulation. Tears they've cried under pressure. Tears they've cried when they were attacked and persecuted. Tears they cried because their own family turned on them. When Jesus says a man's enemies will be those of his own household. These people, in fact, when you read about them, these are the souls of those who were beheaded for Christ's sake. This is why some people speculate in eschatology that the Antichrist would not only be 
gay, but that the system that he'll ride on is Islam. Islam, their mode of crucifixion, if you allow, is beheading. Just think about every story you've read of Boko Haram. They behead people. Behead means take their heads off, chop your head off. People have speculated that one world religion would be Islam. I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. Again, I'm not planning on being here. <laughs> but but as, as your pastor, what I don't want is anybody to stand before God at the great white throne, throne judgment or the bema seat of Christ, either one, and say, my pastor didn't tell me that. Because you know the reality of it is, Miss Carol, God's not going to take that excuse anyhow. He's going to say, you didn't have your own Bible? Now, I'll deal with this, Son of Marie, because um, none of this was my point. None of this was my point. We just kind of got stuck here. Put up one last scripture, 1 John 2.18, because this will segue into my point for Sunday. 1 John 2.18. Little children, it is the last hour. Now, John writes this in the first century. We're now in the 22nd century. I'm sorry, the 21st century. I was like, not 22nd, we're in the 21st century. So he writes this 20 centuries ago. Little children, it is the last hour. Now, because we've crossed over into the 20th century, people say, see, Jesus, this whole thing must be fake because he would have been here by now. No, you've got to understand the Lord is long-suffering. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's coming. Jesus is coming. He's giving everybody a chance to get it right. In fact, I challenge anybody in this room tonight. If you're in this room tonight and you're not right with God yet, you don't have to wait on a Sunday. God will save you on a Wednesday night. Because you don't want to take the chance of not being ready for the rapture or your own departure. So it says it's the last hour. And watch this. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming... So notice this, the Antichrist, capital A, that's one person. He says, even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it's the last hour. So the spirit of Antichrist is already in, on the planet, already operating. Now, Pastor, why'd you bring it up? Well, we've been talking about Antichrist for one. The Antichrist, we see him operating during the tribulation period, the great tribulation. 
So if there are many Antichrists already here, the spirit of Antichrist, then there must already be many tribulations. Whether it's the big one, the seven-year one, or the seven-day one you're going through right now. The seven-week one or the seven-month one you've been, man, this has been going on too long. You feel like I'm going through a rough time, a tribulation. feel like the devil's bringing everything he can against me. Yes. Yes. He wants to wear you down now. He wants to wear you out now. So you quit now. You won't even make it to that other one. He wants to wear you out now because he knows if he wears you out now, if this big one shows up, you won't stand an ice cube's chance in hell. And we all go through some stuff. I'll walk us through a Sunday. Somebody stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As pastor, the shepherd of this, this part of God's flock, I honestly want to make sure every person in this room, you're already born again. I really want to make sure everybody in this room that we're not deceiving ourselves. I go to church. Well, that's, that's not the requirement. That's not, that's not what does it. I went to ground school. That's wonderful. That's not what does it. I, I got baptized, Pastor. Great. That's not what does it. You must believe in Jesus. Receive him into your heart. As your Savior but also as your Lord. For the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Now in the, in the somberness of this moment, I hope that there's a stark reality that's in your mind that you say, okay, hey, I don't want to play games with this. I'm not going to play games with my soul, with my life. I'm not going to try to get in on my mama's or my daddy's salvation or anybody else's salvation. As for me, I really want to be born again myself. So I'm going to, I'm going to make one call. One call. And I want to give somebody here in here the opportunity to be born again tonight. Hallelujah. Okay, now whoever that is, you're not born again, you say, Pastor, tonight, yep, I want to be born again. I want to make sure. Not because I'm scared, but because I realized what Jesus did for me was so loving. He loved me enough to go through everything he went through so I wouldn't have to go through hell, the torture, and the wrath that is to come. There's a wrath that is to come. We're saved from that wrath that is to come. All right.
So if that's you in this place, you say, Pastor, tonight I want to be born again, just slip your hand in there. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, whoever you may be. Hallelujah. I see a hand. I see a hand. Somebody else, you say, Pastor, this, this, I'm serious. This, man, this, this is heavy. This, Pastor, this is real. And I, I want to make sure I'm born again. I've been in church my whole life, but I want to make sure I'm born again. I see another hand. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing to be ashamed of. Um, trust me, trust me. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. I was a good church kid. Preacher's kid. Going along just fine, but I was on my way to hell. Until at 17 years old, I actually gave my life to Jesus Christ. He became my savior. And I called him my Lord, but it wasn't until years later that I, I really, really made him my Lord. Like, Lord, you're in charge of my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, those hands are raised. I've seen those hands. Now I'm going to do this. Jesus said this, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. So I'm going to ask the, the two, I saw two hands. If there are more, then you come too. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar real quick. I'll ask a couple of ladies to stand with you. I saw a couple of ladies with their hands up. So um, uh, in the back over here. So if you just come real quick, I, trust me, nothing to be embarrassed about. Nothing to be embarrassed about. This is the biggest and the best thing you could ever do in your whole life. Then I ask a couple of our, our lady intercessors, if you'll stand with them and pray with them. Hallelujah, just come, just stand right here for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray here in a moment, but I'm I'm gonna count to ten. Count down from ten to zip. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're going to recommit your life? I, I ain't mad at you about that. I can't tell you how many times I recommitted myself, my life to the Lord. Last week. I had a conversation with my wife. My wife helped me so much last week about that because the devil really will try to beat you up. And I don't care. I've been pastoring all these years. The devil will try to beat you up about all the old stuff, stuff in your mind, stuff that you've not forgiven yourself about. So just last week, I recommitted my life to Jesus. Pastor, yes, yes. I love God. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray. Ten. You need to be up here. Come on up here. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four, three, two, and one. All right, I need more prayer counsel. Just, just stand with them, please. Y'all just slide up a little bit for me. Just slide up. Just slide towards me just a little bit more, please. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's, you got two over here. Come on, come on over here, Shante. Yeah, because she's, she's trying to cover two. How about that? There you go. There you go. All right. Father, you see the hearts of these, your people. God, I, you know I had no idea you had a, in your heart to go this way tonight. Lord, your spirit is always in charge here. Father, there's nothing more important to you than souls, than people who escape from the grasp of Satan and become part of your family or who have all the doubt out of their minds for good. Father, I pray first for these young ladies who come. They came on that first call and said yes. I want to be born again. I want to make sure I'm born again. We pray for them, Father, that God, as you receive them right now, you see their hearts, you see their hearts. And God, as even as, Lord, they are standing before us, they're standing before you. And Father, you declared if any man would come unto you, you would, Jesus said he would in no wise cast them out. So Father, these two beautiful young ladies, we pray that God, that you do in their hearts right now, something supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going I'm to do something different. Young ladies that, that came, you first two young ladies, I'm not going to pray your prayer for you. I'm going to ask you to pray your own prayer. Just you pray your own prayer because I, I can't tell you how to get saved. You just, you can tell the Lord just whatever. Lord, I, I give you my life from now on out. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. I believe you, Jesus. So you just, just pray your own prayer in your heart, out loud, however you want to do it. All of heaven is attentive to you right now. Father, for these, my brothers and sisters who are also here, who they want to just be sure, they want to get all the doubt out, just like I did last week, Lord. You know the conversation that you and I had last week. God, I, she, my, my, I'm so sorry. God, we're so sorry for ever letting you down. We're so sorry for ever falling short. Father, I just pray that God for these that are here, that Lord, you just wash them in your love right now. Just, just let your love just flow down on them, Father, right now. Remove all doubt. Remove all questions. Remove 
all hesitation, remove all condemnation. That they know that we're loved and we are forgiven and we're washed and we're cleansed and we are righteous before you, Lord. That you're not holding all of our past against us. You're not holding our falls and our mess-ups against us. For you said, if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For my brother, for these my sisters, for these my new sisters, God, we just want to say thank you for new life, for liberty, for your peace, for your joy, for your love on the inside of us. Thank you tonight. God, we commit ourselves that we'll spend the rest of our days pleasing you, serving you, doing your will. I pray that God, that you give my new sisters a, that first feeling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And every one of these, my sisters and my brother here, that all of us, God, in fact, everyone in this room that wants it right now, just who has their hands lifted to God, you give us all this a fresh feeling, a fresh feeling. God, give us a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost. Fresh feeling right now. Right now, feel us all over again right now. Right now, right now, pour out on us right now. Oh, Holy Ghost. Pour out on us right now. Fill us again. Fill us again. Hallelujah. 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 Wrap us in your love. Hold us in your arms, Father. In the midnight hour, as we walk through the days, talk to us as we talk to you. Thank you that from now on we walk in newness of life. I thank you so much for what you've done in this place tonight in your own sweet, beautiful way. Tonight we love you so much. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Thank you that we're all part of that bride that you, you're making ready. That ready bride, that ready wife. To see Jesus when he comes, we thank you for it. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Come on, give God a praise tonight for all these that are here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Come on up here. I hope you realize what's happened tonight. There's a, a passage of scripture that I, I just think it would just, just soothe in this moment. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 from the voice translation. Um, it says this. It says, as for you, don't you remember how you used to just exist? Corpses, dead in life, buried by transgressions. Wandering in the course of this perverse world, you were the offspring of the prince of the power of the air. Oh, how he owned you. Just as he still controls those living in disobedience. I'm not talking about the outsiders alone. We were all guilty of falling headlong for the persuasive passions of this world. We all have had our feel of indulging the flesh and mind, obeying impulses to follow perverse thoughts motivated by dark powers. As a result, our natural inclinations led us to be children of wrath, just like the rest of humankind. Verse 4, but God, with the unfathomable riches of his love and mercy focused on us, united us with the anointed one and infused our lifeless souls with life even though we were buried under mountains of sin and saved us by his grace. He raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly realms with our beloved Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. He did it for this reason so that for all eternity we will stand as a living testimony to the incredible riches of his grace and kindness that he freely gives to us by uniting us with Jesus the anointed. Thank you, Jesus. Powerful. It's powerful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The Bible says, even so walk in newness of life. So we walk in that newness of life. Praise God for the two young ladies tonight who began something special. Others who came.